As a former sports broadcaster, I don't mean to brag when I say I've conducted plenty of interviews with athletes, coaches, reporters, and everyone else working in sports. But this interview with former Cincinnati Reds GM Brad Coleman remains one of my favorites. Why? Because he talks about the benefits behind not tanking when it comes to sports franchises. For those of you who don't know what that is, tanking in sports is theoretically a strategy of not performing to the best of your abilities with the long-term goal of securing a better draft slot and thus increasing your chances of getting a better player for your team. There are a few problems with this tactic. After this strategy is in place, where most franchises won't actually admit that they're tanking, but theoretically, after the season of, air quotes, not tanking, these franchises believe everyone in the building is magically going to turn that loser mentality into a win-at-all-cost mindset, not taking into account that most players don't care about the future of the franchise. They care about their own. A lot of the time, it's a short professional career. So in other words, they don't have time to wait for your franchise to tank. Brad Coleman explains that tanking affects the franchise both on and off the field at a psychological level for years to come. Players are more likely to see your team as just a check instead of a place where they can perform at a high level with the ultimate goal of winning a championship. Coleman argues his method will help franchises who have been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs by rewarding the teams who continue to play at a high level with a better draft spot than a team who continues to just tank. This interview is a few years old, but the teachings still apply today, especially in the business world where the right mentality can mean staying in business or not, recruiting the best employees or watching them leave for your competitors. So I hope you enjoy this little throwback from my sports broadcaster days where this interview took place on the official Jaguars radio station 1010XL along with my co-host at the time. But now it's been remastered to appear on the Digital Dispatch podcast presented by Freight School Playbook. Hope you all enjoy. How is it that in an age of supposed enlightenment in which advanced analytics provide a deeper level of insight and analysis, we continue to celebrate a misguided welfare system, which is the reverse standing strap, routinely exploited by unethical sporting behavior? That's the opening line from a press release received by former Cincinnati Reds GM Brad Coleman while talking about his latest book, Losing to Win. Earlier in the year, we had Brad on an episode of Helmets and Heels to talk about his new draft concept for all the major sports leagues in an effort to avoid tanking and instead reward teams that play their heart out for the entire season. And since the Jaguars are currently have three wins on the season, where most expected them to go to the Super Bowl, it's left many fans wondering if tanking to secure a higher draft pick is in our best interest. Listen to the interview with Brad to see how this strategy could help teams drafting at the top of the order and to avoid that loser mindset for good. Welcome back into Helmets and Hills, built by DreamFinders Homes. My name is Blythe, and I'm joined alongside Donna Murphy and Lauren Brooks. And we hear a lot in sports that tanking could be an effective way to secure a number one quarterback prospect or to gain an edge in an NBA lottery. Jaguars fans, including myself, mentioned that this could be a formidable solution to years of losing. However, one person that's looking to end this loser mentality of tanking is former GM to the Cincinnati Reds and author of Losing to Win is Brad Coleman, who joins us now. Brad, you've examined drafts and organizational performance of all the major sports leagues. Which league has the biggest tanking problem, and what should they do to fix it? Wow, that's a great question. You know, I think 
it's becoming an increasing problem in all four of what I consider to be the major leagues, the NHL, the NBA, the NFL, and now Major League Baseball. You see the Houston Astros having success this year after the Cubs did last year, and I think it's just a problem that's going to continue and grow and grow in all four of the leagues. Now, Brad, I understand that this is your opinion, but do you have any proof of any any league, any team that you believe truly and actually did tank their season? Well, here's the difficulty. I don't believe the players on the field are tanking at all. They really have no incentive to tank. And even the coaches, for the most part, they want to win the games. They're down there in battle with the players. But it's really at the front office level. It's only in recent years as analytics is becoming more and more widely used. These executives are able to convince ownership that, as you just mentioned, it is a better path for acquiring a top prospect. So more and more teams are seeing the value in essentially and what they do. It, and my proposal is really not just to end tanking. It's really to incentivize winning. And think about for Jaguars fans, they can probably feel this pain as much as anyone. In recent years, you get about halfway through the season and you can kind of see the writing on the wall. And even if a team's not tanking, you hear the phrase, well, there's nothing to play for. And I'm trying to come up with a system where there's something for everyone to play for. Wouldn't that be a lot more fun if your team was competing for a top draft pick, even if they had missed the playoffs? Absolutely. And, you know, the Jaguars just played in Cleveland and beat the Browns, a team that not necessarily has tanked for a long time, but it certainly seems like they have not been able to find a way to win. How would your proposal affect teams like that? Well, one thing with the Browns, if you followed them at all, they have not signed any free agents because they are really not making an effort at the executive level, at an organizational level to win. The players are trying hard, and Hugh Jackson's obviously trying hard in his coaching staff. But if you saw last week, ownership actually had a meeting with the players because they're getting so frustrated that this plan of not caring about wins and losses, as they put it, is taking so long, it's really wearing on the players. So ownership is trying to convince them to hang in there, hang in there. And if they have a system where they had an incentive to win and could get better draft picks by winning, I guarantee you the Browns would be making more of an organizational effort to sign free agents and put good players around these young players they're trying to build with. Brett, Mark Cuban said earlier this year that there really is no way to become successful in the NBA unless you, you, you tank the season, that you're, you're sort of destined to live in a situation of, of mediocrity and for years until the team eventually bottoms out and then you get a higher draft pick. What advice would you give to Cuban and other team executives that think that tanking is a solution? Well, he's exactly right, because that's the way the system is right now. For example, I was looking at the Jaguars' history. In 2004, the Jaguars went 9-7, and seven, had a great year. They, well, a great year, but a very good year. They just missed the playoffs by one game. They actually had more wins than two of the NFC playoff teams. For that effort they made, they were penalized and given the 21st pick in the draft. Hmm. Under my plan, they would have earned the number one pick in the following year's draft. Now, even think about this season. The Jaguars have had a, a pretty good season. You're talking about they're, they're obviously building some good things here with the defense. Say Fournette hurts his ankle and he they lose a couple tough games and barely miss the playoffs. Wouldn't it be a lot more fun? It wouldn't it make a lot more sense if they were rewarded for their effort in having a good season by getting a top pick to keep building this program than the Browns, who aren't even trying organizationally, get rewarded with the first pick? Brad, I completely agree with you, and that comes into effect. Let's talk about your former position as Director of Baseball Operations with the Reds. We look at Tom Coughlin here in Jacksonville, who is player operations for the team. How important and what kind of say do you think that that position is for a team? Extremely important because they are the ones that have a say in what goes on, but they're also a conduit to ownership and help ownership to understand 
what's taking place. And then, and in this era where teams are benefiting by losing games, they kind of have to keep ownership on board with the, the program. But I think they could be influential as well in explaining how the, a move to a plan like this that incentivizes winning for every team up and down the standings would be beneficial for the players, the coaches, the executives, and ownership, and the fans. Brad, you've actually done brain research to figure out that incentivizing losing forces players to do something that they're really not supposed to do, and that's lose. How fascinating was that research? Oh, it's unbelievable because, you know, we all are, we all are hardwired to compete, to give our very best. And when the organization is not behind you, it's a very frustrating thing, and it's very difficult for these players to, to really give their all on the field when they understand the organization isn't giving its all. In, in sort of that same vein, what about the concept of resting your starters as the season comes to an end? Is that dangerously close to the tanking mentality? Well, and that's exactly how it happens. It's not that teams take the football and run it over the, their own goal line and give the other team points. It's that the organization does things like shut guys down or a guy's a minor injury, and they say, well, we better not risk anything else, so we're going to let this hangnail heal the last couple of weeks and over the off season." Try telling your boss just before you get a four-month vacation that you need some time off because you're tired. <laughs> you know, this not, these athletes, they want to play, and the organizations are the ones that say, well, we're just going to go ahead and shut this guy down. Brad, in your expert opinion, which league do you think is the worst at this right now? Well, the NBA obviously has had a lot of trouble with it. They've tried to lessen the odds the lottery odds there, but I think they still have it backwards because under my plan, the best odds would go to the teams that are barely missing the playoffs as opposed to the worst teams. But baseball is getting pretty bad. Baseball is not so much the draft picks, but it's just the accumulation of minor league players. But at least giving the top pick to the best team to miss the playoffs would incentivize teams making a better effort and give them a reason to keep their players a little bit better. But the NFL, obviously with the team's losing all year long like the Browns are doing, it's becoming pretty blatant. So the NFL might be at the top of the list now. Certainly. Uh, at least it seems like that with uh, with the Jaguars in the past few years. You get to a certain point in the season and you, you just start talking about the draft and it's no longer about the upcoming games and things like that. And that's obviously what your plan is is trying to prevent. So have you actually shared this with, say, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell? I've thought about that and we strategized maybe how to do that, but really – because Major League Sports are really about the fans, my thought was to start a grassroots movement and educate as many fans as I could first, and then together we'll take this to hopefully ownership and to the commissioners of the respective leagues and try and show them how it would benefit everyone. I, I, I'm wondering, Brad, is it different for a league like the NFL where, where the average player only has a career length of you know three and a half years, four years? Is the turnover so much that the losing philosophy never truly gets established with the players? Well, it's not the players. It's, that's, the, that's the whole problem. It's established with the organization. So that's why it is so unfair to these players. And I think that's why you see with the Cleveland Browns, they are so frustrated, these players, because when they're there, they want to be given everything they can to win. And when the organization says, well, we don't care about wins and losses because we're playing the long game here, essentially, it's really not the right. It's not right from a competitive standpoint, and it's not fair to these players. You're exactly right. What about when a franchise like the Colts presumably tanks the season and, and they get a superstar quarterback, Andrew Luck, right after Peyton Manning? Is that a rare situation? Situation that tanking has kind of worked? Yes, I think that was kind of a, a fluke in that Manning got hurt and they ended up being so bad. But that's the point. These people that say, well, teams can't get better if they don't get the top pick. Did the Colts really deserve it? Were they really in desperate need as an organization to get the number one pick in the draft after all those years of success under Manning? Sure weren't. <laughs> but I'm a biased Jaguars and, fan. So. <laughs> you know, I was even looking up. Uh, 
like 2012, the Jaguars had this awful season, went 2-14. and 14. So the next year they got the second pick in the draft. And who did they take? Offensive lineman Luke Jokel. Now, under my plan, they would have been, they would have, for that bad record, they would have been penalized and got the 27th pick in the draft. Oh, how can they compete if they have the 27th pick? Well, with the 27th pick, they could have got a guy by the name of DeAndre Hopkins. Do you think that might have helped? A little bit. I think you're right. Joke's on you. That would have worked anyways. (laughs) In 2000, there was a guy that was passed on by five, every team at least five times, and the Jaguars actually passed on him six times. Anyone in the NFL had five opportunities to take a guy named Tom Brady. So the draft is an imperfect science, and this thought that teams have to be bad and have to be rewarded for being bad is really, it's, it's passe, if it ever was a thing. Well, and we'll see, it, uh, we'll see it this Sunday when the Jaguars face the Cardinals, and you know who's starting as the Cardinals quarterback is former Jaguars top 10 pick Blaine Gabbard. Right. <laughs> It's not going to be a good situation. Well, what about as far as like the in what's in place right now are the fines detrimental to to the tanking issue? But what other solution should should leagues be offered instead? And it is and is your solution plausible for them to to integrate into their drafts in the next few years, or will we see this in our lifetime? I think of enough people. The, the response I've gotten, I wrote a book about it, and I wrote penned this op ed in the Washington Post last week, and the response I've gotten for anyone who's read the book and given serious thought or even read this newspaper article, the response has been outstanding. And I think when people really think this through, at first blush, they say, well, we, we can't do that to these bad teams. But, you know, the whole concept of the draft, it was started in 1935 in the NFL, and it was never intended to give the best player to the worst team. The whole reason they started the draft was to prevent the players from starting bidding wars between different teams. It was really for the assignment of player rights, of negotiating rights. And the whole reason it went in reverse order was the architect of the original plan was Burt Bell, who was the owner, coincidentally enough, of the last place Philadelphia Eagles. So in his plan, he said the last place team should go first in this thing we call the draft. And so the other owners just went along with it, and they put this thing in place. A couple years later, the NBA copied them, and eventually it went into the NHL and Major League Baseball. But there's really never been any kind of study saying, well, we have to give the best player to the worst team. That's really a false premise, and that's why no one's able to come up with a solution for this before me. That's a fascinating perspective, and and we certainly appreciate your time, Brad. Is there anything that we should have asked that we didn't ask? Why don't we do this sooner than later? (laughs) You know what, Brad? I I just thank you for having me on. Brad, real quick, before we do let you go, um, you know, a lot of times people, uh, the players will say, well, I I don't want to come out of college because I don't want to be drafted to the Cleveland Browns or whoever it is. So how, if this plan that you, you want gets implemented, how do you see that affecting any draft? Well, if you were an offensive player, and like I said, if the Jaguars barely missed the playoffs this year, wouldn't you be excited to join a team like that? If they had a top pick, you'd be wanting them to come out. I mean, you'd be for sure wanting to come out and join a team that's building, not a team that's rebuilding, but a team that's building and building something great. So I think it would just give players to be excited to be coming out of school to join building teams. Well, thank you so much, Brad. And, and, and for anyone who wants to check out more of his work, you can check him out. Uh, Losing to Win is his book. And be sure to visit his website at bradcoleman.com. Thank you so much, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Thank you. Hi, my name is Blythe, one of the hosts of Helmets and Heels, a weekly sports talk show based out of Jacksonville, Florida. I'm also the owner of Brumley Brands, a company which helps businesses with custom website and marketing solutions. 
If you want to see more of my work, give me a follow at Blythe Brum on all the social networks like Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. And if you want to see more of the work that we do, including live streams of the Helmets and Heels show, find me on YouTube at Guys Girl or by visiting my website, guysgirl.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with another best of show next week.